God is like the sun. You cannot always look at it, but without it, you cannot look at anything else. The way we find ourselves is by staring into the sun. Hello, everybody. So glad to, to be with you. This is Rob Gibson with Staring at the Sun. I'm joined here with my brother, Pastor John, John Gibson. Gibson. Oh, right. you're going to say my name for me. He always it, does that when he hosts. It, he it says weird. my name for me. Yeah. <laughs> we are two brothers joining together from our two different perspectives, psychologist and pastor, examining the truths that we can find in between the beautiful collision between head and heart. So you've joined us here today. Hopefully you found us on uh, social media somewhere or a friend at your church told you about us. We are uh, deeply interested in talking about matters of faith and mental health and uh, sharing with you what comes out of that. So glad you're here today. While you're at it, uh, smash that subscribe button, hit like, share it on socials. You can you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, or you can follow me, Dr. Robert Gibson, uh, on Twitter, at Dr. Robert Gibson, and I'm also on socials as well. That's where we put out this information to you in smaller tidbits that you can enjoy. So, yeah. man, you, it's you snowing, tweet. my I brother. Don't I, don't I don't know tweet. if you see. You tweet. I do tweet. But you can't see it out my window. No, it's just lighting. washed out white. It's gorgeous, man. Is it snowing are, like crazy? Yeah, we're we're at about inch two here in Colorado. Really? How about you over there in Ohio? Uh, it's spit. It's spitted a little bit today. Is that word? It's spitted. spitted. <laughs> a little bit of flurries today, a but not divine much, but it's just cold. <laughs> this is really cold here in Ohio, uh, which is where I hail from. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. This is our question two, right? So I'm, it's that's right. really cool to be able to engage with all of you as listeners. That, that's like a, a joy of our lives uh, to be able to connect with you, uh, to hear what's important to you, hear, hear what would be of value to you, and then talk into that. So we're really excited to be over this last episode, which yep. we hope you would go back and check out. That's right. Uh, check us out on anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can find us. Uh, listen to that last one. Forgiveness is hard. We talked about, and today we're on to a new topic. What are, what are we talking yeah. about today, Robo? And, and, and I would just remind, as we get into that, uh, we all of this information goes out primarily on social media, but that's also a really good place for you to interact with us. I, the, um, the people that interact or have questions or share um, share on Instagram or Facebook or any of those places, that's a really good, great place to interact with us. Uh, we'd, we'd love to make our content more specific to you. So whether you're, whether you're a churchgoer or a pastor or a clinician in training, however you found us, um, that's a great way to, to connect with us. So, yeah, right yeah, so we're on this series of questions from listeners. And last last time we talked about forgiveness. Uh, today, we are entertaining a question from uh, another uh, listener out here in Colorado. And the question is, why should I go to therapy? Hmm. Yes. Um, and, and this is, this is coming from someone who's done some of their own therapy and, and, uh, they've yeah, done therapy to themselves. That, no, no, oh. they've, they've sought <laughs> out done some yes. of my own therapy. Well, that's a whole episode, a topic for a whole nother episode when you shouldn't therapy yourself <laughs> or, or your, or your spouse or partner. Oh right? gosh. Don't yes. Or your brother. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so this isn't a question to answer in conflict with somebody you're close to. Here's why you need to go to therapy. Oh, that's uh, really good. Yes. <laughs> right. Has anybody ever said that or heard that? Oh, oh man. man you that just makes therapy. you want to go, doesn't it? Right. Like, I'll show you why I need therapy. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. When you need therapy. So, yeah. so but it, it's from somebody who's done some of their own therapy work and and they they valued having that question answered for themselves and and they, you know, they said this is just a really good question to to put out there on the podcast is why why should I go to therapy? What what's the value of it? What what makes it useful? And and I think that applies also for spiritual direction or pastoral counseling. It's just sure. anything in that vein. Why why should I take time, money, energy and put it towards, um, you know, sitting down with someone to examine me yeah. and what's going on with me. So I, that, that's, that's the general umbrella of the question. And I know when I, when I brought this up to you before you, you had some initial thoughts about kind of some of the, some of the answers in the negative, like, Oh, I, why should I do that? I don't want to do that because of this or that. There, there's just some things that maybe get in the way of going to therapy that you were, you were talking to me about uh, before we started this. Yeah. When you first asked me the question, the two things, pop, actually one more thing popped in my head, but the initial thing that popped in my head was the stigma that's often attached to needing therapy. Uh, so I grew up in a world, um, mainly in a, in a faith community. And I don't think this was intentional, but for whatever reason, whether they thought uh, it was because when you're in relationship with God, you shouldn't need therapy because he fixed you. And if you were doing God right, or if you're doing the God thing right, you shouldn't need therapy, like because you should be fine and healed and okay and all those kind of things, which is a lie from hell. Let me just say it uh, loud and clear from the rooftops. Um, but I think there's a, there with some generations, maybe mine included, I don't want to talk for everybody, but I feel like sometimes there's a stigma attached to the idea of going to therapy, especially for, for folks who may, uh, consider themselves like mostly okay, but maybe tend to struggle with things here and there. Um, I've fallen into that category in my own life before where I feel like I'm okay, but there are times when I really struggle with certain things and I start to think, well, you know, maybe I would benefit from something like that, but no, no, I'm pretty much okay. You know, um, I think some of that comes from just a general stigma of, it's almost like a negative. If I, if I go to therapy, I'm admitting that something's wrong with me. Right. And then I and, couldn't, I couldn't sort it out on my own. Yeah, or, or yeah, so a lack of a, a lack of ability to kind of make it on my own. So there's that part, and this kind of this other thought kind of connects to it, which I'll say before you talk, Rob, is that um, maybe I'm afraid of what might be uncovered if I go to therapy. <laughs> that just like popped in my head, like, oh man, the person who is thinking about going, uh, and because a lot of times when we start to scratch, I, I encounter this a lot with people in church and in a spiritual journey is this terror of knowing that something's lurking below the surface. Um, it's like one of those movies, like in Lord of the Rings or something, and they walk up to this dark pool of water and, right. and they look away and there's something like trickles on the water, but they don't yeah. really see it, but they know the water doesn't quite look right. <laughs> That's sometimes I think how we feel about our lives. We, we look at our lives and think, man, things aren't quite the way they should be, but I don't know if I want to like face the, the thing underneath the water either. Yes. Uh, it will and eat that can me be up. terrifying as well. Sometimes I think so stigma and fear, terror of what might be lurking under the surface. When I, you know, I think that there's some reason for concern about seeking out somebody for therapy, especially with that, that second point that you have, because I think, Especially if if you land with a therapist who, um, uh, I don't know, d 
isn't a good fit for you or doesn't really know what they're doing, because it's possible to get through credentialing and get through school and pay your way through it and and pass the test and get through supervision and, and, and be a sucky therapist and not yeah um, <laughs> that's not true with pastoring either I mean everybody who gets through schooling and pastoring is like a great theologian they're wonderful just great preacher people. great shepherd good people in general will never hurt ah uh, yeah. Yeah, you case saw me point, right now, I'm shaking uh, my head. Yeah, I was going to say, case in point, a great podcast would be The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, which is Ooh, a really, a really interesting uh, really case study to. on, uh, yes. The, the so back to your point, not every church. therapist is created equal. Right? Well, that one, I think one of the, I guess my main point with that is, uh, you're talking about this monster underneath the surface. Well, uh, sometimes a, a therapist might have you engage with your emotional pain really to no purposeful end other than maybe, um, you know, their, their desire to be a comforting presence and they use, you know, they, um, you know, their therapy is in, in part a way for, I mean, and we all humans value this being able to be comforting to other people. But, you know, if, if the primary reason for engaging with your pain is for the therapist to be a comforting presence to you, that that's not, that's not good. And, and you know, it's not good because you don't plan on them being in your life forever. Um, and also, uh, you don't pull out pain just to pull it like, like you don't just prod around a wound just to prod around at it. You know, you, you open it up with somebody who knows what they're doing to, uh, to do something that helps clean it up or, or set it right, or put it on the path to, to, you know, regeneration in your body. And I think, that's one of the reasons for the worries in therapy is, you know, I, I know there's stuff under the surface, but I want to unpack that. If I'm going to unpack it, I want to do it for a reason. You know, I want to do it with a purpose. So yeah, I, it sounds like there's a sp pretty specific question in my brain when hearing you talk about that, because uh, I think someone in that situation has taken the leap to know they need therapy is unpacking stuff. It, it seems to me like um, maybe some helpful uh, like some helpful practical advice from you as a therapist for someone who who is in the situation unpacking their junk but feels like they're not making progress uh, what should someone like that do because I, I think another fear I have was you think you you land on a therapist and that's your therapist forever and there's nothing that you can do to get out of that situation or even know that you're in it and, and it's mm -hmm. unhealthy I don't know how would somebody know that they're not making progress or the therapist isn't helping them and how do they navigate out of that maybe? Well, yeah, and that taps into why go to therapy, right? Um, you know, uh, I think there's some reasons why not to go to therapy. Um, you know, therapy doesn't change your life circumstances. Um, therapy doesn't change the people around you. Um, uh, bad therapy would uh, be just about um, – uh, agreeing with you in all the ways in which you've been terrorized by the world and comforting you only. Um, you know, the, the, the reason to go to therapy is to, uh, to set about uh, an image for this. Uh, when you were talking about the animal underneath, I'll answer this question with a, with a bit of a picture. Uh, that actually reminds me of, you know, a classic example of, um, when Freud talks about the unconscious and you have like this, you know, this ice floating atop the surface and then this massive amount of material under the surface that you can't see. And a reason to go to therapy is to help you know what you don't know about yourself. Mm. Some of that's scary. Some of that's really surprisingly 
beautiful, um, uh, to uncover things that you don't know about yourself, um, that you can then, uh, bring to bear into your life. And so you might, you might go to therapy to, to learn ways that you adapted to your early family environment and ways that that keeps replaying itself. And as that becomes clear to you, you may find some new empowerment to begin to make some different choices in how you relate with people. You might use therapy as a place to practice that. Um, uh, that, that would be just one example of things you might uncover to, to, with a focus of transforming you. Um, and so good therapy would have, would have goals or targets around, um, uh, pursuing your own personal growth and transformation. So, you know, somebody might come with, you know, I need to get a job, right? Okay. Well, so, you know, there's career counseling, life coaching that you can get for the practical aspects of getting a job and you can get that from a therapist, but good therapy would help you examine the aspects of you that need some work. Um, and some of those things might mean you need some help, uh, uh, being better at identifying your positive traits. Um, you might need some feedback about how, how other people experience you in the world. Um, and that feedback might be difficult to hear, but then as you hear it, then you can make some changes. And so, yeah, good therapy would be about, uh, changing some things about what's going on in you, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you relate to other people, um, the way you relate to yourself. And so good therapy would be doing that. And to answer your question, you know, if you, if you feel like you're a bit stalled out, good therapy would allow space for that question. I'm feeling stalled out and I'm not quite sure where we're going. That's a good question in therapy. And if you're, you know, if the person you're seeing is very uncomfortable by that um, or is put off by that, then that's kind of a problem. You know, you, you should be able to engage that. You know, you maybe you, you shared an example of, of someone who, you know, decided they needed therapy and they reached out and said, you know, and I get this too regularly where people will say, hey, you know, can we do, uh, you know, can we come as a family or can I come in with my parents or whatever? And from my perspective, I'm like, okay, I've had some training in family therapy. I'll kind of see whoever's willing to come. But you might have somebody say, nope, we don't do that. Sorry. See you later. Um, and boy, that, that's a tough response for, uh, for engaging. That would be a signal to say, Hey, I'm going to move on from, from this place. If I can't, if I can't ask questions like that, then this isn't the right place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, and for, for, for me, sometimes recognizing like crossing the threshold that therapy would be helpful for me sometimes would would like experience an obstacle like that and then just decide not to you, you know i think a lot there's a, a fair amount of people who probably could really benefit from therapy and from your your example or, or your definition of therapy we all could benefit from therapy you know we all right. could could use a little bit of hey let's look below the surface and find out more about myself i, I was thinking to myself it sounds a lot like a uh, faith journey too and like what right God isn't that what the church has been doing for right it's a, we have a fancy word in it in the church called discipleship it's it's discovering who you really are in in light of jesus but yeah i Hmm. sometimes that obstacle, like for us, when we heard that from someone, it, it would have, you know, kept us from going back, you know, do I really need therapy that much? Mm -hmm. Um, but so how, 
I don't know what, what there's a question. Yeah, in there no, that I'm feeling. No, well, there's there's a point that I think needs to be made, uh, which and this would be to any clinician who's listen, listening as well is, you know, take take a moment to think about, you know, if somebody is experiencing distress in their life, they're suffering in some way, they feel anxious, they feel lonely, they feel despairing. Uh, they're terrified, whatever it is, and they they muster up the courage to call somebody they don't know to ask for help. And if what they get is negativity or coldness or barriers or – this is one of the challenges with managed care. You know, If what you get in your first call is, well, here's, here's 30 pieces of paperwork and we also need to talk for two hours about your finances – and then we'll get to helping you. And, and But we, we need you to be on hold first for 30 minutes. It's like you, <laughs> the person that's suffering will meet that and they've expended all their energy. Yeah, I'm done. Like, yeah, I'm moving on. And I think so what I hear you say is let's we want to encourage you today that if you if you faced obstacles like that, don't give up. Um, there are, I think we can say across the board, there are good therapists out there. I'm looking at one right now. Uh, there are good therapists out there and persevere. You know, don't, don't think that the one therapist you call or even the one experience, I've had this experience too as a pastor, have recommended folks. Uh, one, so I'll meet with people and pray with folks and listen and um, offer, you know, counsel. But I know, I know my line really well uh, when it moves beyond my own expertise or my ability to help someone and, and refer folks to um, therapists or counselors uh, that are professional and have had folks come back after periods of time and have a negative uh, encounter with uh, somebody that I referred. Now, I have to do my homework then and go back and say, why did that happen? But my encouragement is to don't, don't think that the one therapist you had an, a bad encounter with is, is every therapist either. Let me really encourage you to persevere a little bit and not be discouraged and recognize that – Sorry, I'll have to Excuse edit that you. out. Remind me to edit. Don't be you said um, don't be discouraged. Yeah, that to keep going, you know, to keep finding our your way towards the help that you need because if you've if you've taken the step to to seek out therapy, it means that you need it um and that's important. You know, don't abandon ship. This person that came back to me abandoned ship and just, you know, the all the therapist wanted to do was medicate me and that's not what I need and then she was the person yeah. was done with therapy well, and, altogether. You know? And the challenge with that is, you know, we we as therapists don't and clinicians, we don't do a great job communicating to the community um, our approach and uh, how we operate. We tend to just communicate. I use these evidence based practices or I use this approach. And while that may be well and good, I don't what really matters in the session is how you use your approach. Um, you know, the approach isn't all that great if you're also cold and, and cruel, right? So yeah. I, that's one of the challenges. And I think also another challenge is um, often the information about who's good is insulated. So either only the clinicians know it or the people who've been fortunate to be able to find that person know it. And so I encourage people, you know, ask other people that you know that have worked with people what they think because they've done some of the work already to find someone. And then also ask uh, people who may have contacts, you know, that might be a pastor, that might be a therapist, 
or someone you know in the medical field that has actually rubbed shoulders with people and sat down with them and gotten to know what they're like. Um, so I think those are some ways to try to address some of that initial barrier because uh, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. a tough issue of accessing care. It's a problem. So how does a person know they, they – we're kind of back to the question. Yep. How does a person know they need – they could benefit from – and again, your definition kind of in, encapsulates everybody. But maybe what are some practical things that I, – I might be going on along in life and I'm experiencing this. Well, that might be a sign that it would be helpful for me to talk to someone. You know, maybe give us a few things, Rob, just from your experience yeah. where a person could say, okay, I'm, this is happening. That might be a, something that would – kind of encourage sure. you encourage someone to make a call and talk to somebody. And and I'll I'll circle back around to you when you said, you know, there's places where you know you're you're beyond your area and you recommend for therapy. I think you could maybe give some examples of that too. Yeah. Um but I mean, I th- I agree anybody could benefit from good therapy. Um good you know, soul care work, uh, whatever direction you go for it, spiritual spiritual direction. Um but definitely when you're stuck um, when, when you're facing challenges that, that it's clear that you're getting the same results, um, and it's not working, uh, when you're stuck, this could be stuck in a relationship with one of your children. This could be stuck in, uh, uh the, say for example, stuck in, uh, in a work position. I've worked with, I work with many people who are actually using therapy to optimize their capacity and advance themselves professionally and they're stuck and we're using therapy to you know examine why they're stuck and how to get themselves unstuck and uh i I had uh, somebody i was uh that i've worked with in the past that um you know after doing some calculation and comparing you know i uh, i was doing the math and you know this person might see me you know every three weeks for a year right so that's what What's 52 divided by three? You know, that's like, you know, I don't know, uh, 16, or something 16 like that. to 18, somewhere in there. I think it's eight, uh, just under 18, right? <clears throat> so 18 times. Um, and, you know, so that might, I don't know the exact math, but, you know, that might be in the realm of $3,000, you know, and they, and then they compare that to getting an MBA or something, right? You know, which is all your time. All, you know, $20,000 of money to do advancement. And instead they, they spent time in therapy and they, you know, significantly improved their positioning in their career, made more money, things like that. And when you think about it, uh, taking individualized time to focus on yourself, um, to get yourself unstuck is really useful. And I'm not downgrading education that, that can help you upgrade your life, but it's from a learning standpoint. Psychotherapy is less about education on content and much more about knowing yourself, especially the things you don't know about yourself and then getting to work on your own personal transformation. And that's a, that's a, that's a wonderful way to view it is when I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my work. Yeah, it's interesting. In you, the way you say stuck too uh, and the way you talked about it there, it doesn't really seem like you're just meaning someone who's sick, uh, which I think a lot of times we think of therapy. We think of someone who's broken or depressed, anxiety, yeah. some sort of mental um, in, imbalance or unhealth, something that would where definitely you're unhealthy be mentally. Uh, being, you can be stuck in a lot of ways. And it sounds like even therapy can help you even maybe when you're not stuck and you're just wanting to learn about yourself and grow and be challenged. And I mean, from from what you kind of mentioned there, that you don't necessarily have to be sick in order to see a therapist. 
No, absolutely not. Um, and, and I think a reason for that is sometimes things might be sick, but you might not experience the symptoms of it. Um, you know, depending on your personality and your body and maybe your relational system, somebody else might feel the symptoms of the stuckness, um, or, or you might, uh, have learned to, you know, um, you know, kind of cut off from your emotional experience. So you might not necessarily feel the pain of the stuckness either. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to be stuck. You could use it to learn more about yourself and be and optimize or improve yourself. But often a sign of, of where therapy would be definitely beneficial to you is you are stuck. And that could be, I'm stuck in anxiety. I'm stuck in my bed and I can't get out of my bed because I feel so terrible. Um, it, you know, it could be, you know, uh, any, a variety of ways. But I think that's a, just a general good way of thinking of it is I'm stuck. I've tried a lot of different ways to get at this and I can't figure it out. And the goal of therapy wouldn't be to have the therapist tell you how to figure it out. You know, I've, I've had, I've had patients come to me and say, well, I, I left my last therapist because they told me to do X or to do Y. Like I had a, a conservatively religious patient who's committed to his marriage and, and his therapist told him to leave. And he's like, well, I know the relationship is really problematic, but I'm not just going to leave. You know, that, that conflicts with my values. I need to figure out a different way to get unstuck here. And so the answer is not to have a therapist tell you how to get unstuck. The answer would be, a good therapist will come in and use their ability to pay very close attention. And the purpose of that is to help you see and know things that you don't see and know yet. And you join together to do that. And, and that's a pathway to getting unstuck. So there is some teaching in therapy, but I think good therapy would help you get unstuck, not by telling you what to do, but by helping you change you. Yeah, I would encourage it because I've, I've experienced what Ravi is talking about. And something that, that I would kind of add to this too, how, how do I know I should go to therapy or try therapy? Um, for me, I, I encourage folks, and this is something I've learned from from uh, my own life, is that during life changes or during different like s- seasonal moments of life. Um, so for example, I had, I had a sabbatical about uh, five months ago now, and it was a, you know, I had kind of progressed into a, a new season of my life, I felt like, and I'd been at this church I've been at for 22 years, and it was kind of, I wasn't changing anything, but it just felt like a uh, moving into something new in my life, a new stage of my life. And so I took this time to, to really focus in on what that means and what it looks like. And, and I, I felt like uh, therapy would be of value in that moment. Now, I didn't feel you know, necessarily stuck. There, there were parts of my life where I, I recognized I was stuck because of that journey. Uh. didn't feel sick, but the, the therapy, the time I spent with a therapist was really helpful. And it was helpful because, and I find this to be true in, in all areas of life is that other people can see things that you can't see about yourself. And, you know, like when I write something, I, I can't edit my own work because I always miss things with that I'm when I'm editing the thing that I wrote and invariably when I send it off to my administrative assistant she finds like 10 different things that I never even saw you know because I right. can't you can't edit your own stuff just like you can't edit your own work you can't edit your own life and there's so mm-hmm. much value whether it's a therapist or a pastor or a, a dear friend even at different levels of someone else coming in and walking with you in life because they can see your life from a perspective that you can't 
Mm-hmm. And I think it is so that that part of therapy is so valuable. And it's what I experienced with uh, a colleague of yours on my sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were there were things we talked about that I would have never even thought about or, or spent time thinking about in the rest of my sabbatical if I had not sat down for several hours and had him talk to me about life and my job and ministry and family. And it really uncovered some things that I didn't mm-hmm. know were there, you know, yep. and he didn't. He didn't tell me, do, you know, three steps to having a better life. He just let me talk, and and he did give me some counsel, and and but the counsel was encouraging me to think about certain things in certain ways, yeah. and it was I, I found so much value. So seasons of life, like maybe that's another. Should I go to therapy? Um, look out for those moments where you feel like mm-hmm. your life is shifting or changing, or you're growing or yeah. aging, and it's okay to like say, Hey, I want to talk to someone during this time and help me process right. what I'm going through, you know? Right. And, and one of the, one of the barriers to that often is, is financial and, mm. you know, man, how do I justify that? And I, I've worked with, are free. <laughs> pastors are free. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even like self promotion, but it is a, it, I, I tell folks a lot, like I'm not a professional counselor, you know, but, but um, I have a lot of education and and listening and um, spiritual rhythms and uh, those kind of things. I, I'm I, I think pastors, spiritual advisors are a great first step in the therapy journey, uh, especially if they know their limits and can encourage you to take a next step right. when you need it. Right. But uh, there is a, a role to play, especially if you are financially if that's a, yeah. a obstacle for you. There are places to start. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and when I think. I agree with that. And I would also add, you know, when, when you compare what the, the changes and the growth and the transformation that you can, that you can undergo by investing money into yourself, um, is when you compare it against like the, what, 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 what has been happening, trying to sort it out on your own, um, it, the, the value of it just increases and, and it, and it becomes increasingly more and more worth it. Now also, I mean, I, I work at a nonprofit and so we have a, a commitment to offer a range of rates for people. And, um, when people are in need, you know, make adjustments and things like that to make it possible for people. But I think people also underestimate the value of doing good therapy. And a reason that maybe we talked about before is sometimes you're going somewhere and it's not good therapy. You know, you, you've gone there for help with anxiety and they've given you some breathing exercises and they've listened to you. And that's about it. And it's like, well, you know, I, I could have watched that on a YouTube video for free. You know, what, what am I doing? Um, and so that's valid. Uh, but good therapy, and I've heard this uh, and had it in my own experience um, and also heard it from people that I've talked to that I that I know about their therapy experience. Good therapy has been just way, like significantly more valuable than what they paid for it um, because, because of the amount of benefit that they get from it compared to spending 30 years on the same track that you were going. Um, it's, it's just, it, it, it's really powerful and worth the time and money when you've got good therapy. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. So we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about a few practical things here. Why, mm-hmm. why, sh- why, why should someone go to therapy? Why don't mm-hmm. we just real quick, just kind of hit the, th- just so we can clarify. I want to get, we want to give, when we answer these questions too, we want to give really uh, practical things that we hope you can right. kind of grab on to. Um, so I don't know if you can distill down into like three or four things that we've talked about. I know I kind of shared 
check out those seasons of life that you're in. Those are good indicators that, you know, it's great to talk with someone if you're making a transition in a job or a relationship or just a season of life. They're always good moments uh, to seek out someone to talk with. Yeah, I think if I were to distill why go to therapy um, down, you made one of the points really well, which is uh, you can't see very well yourself. And getting someone else's undivided attention, paying attention to you, will help you see things about yourself that you couldn't see otherwise. And and that knowledge is so powerful. Like it, it, it makes you as a person so much more powerful and capable to have that knowledge um, because you see more clearly. And t- take any example of, of, of an issue. I can think of all the times that I've, you know, failed at putting together Ikea furniture or something, right? Is because I did not see properly. And when you get somebody else's vision, who's better at reading directions or pays closer attention, it comes together. And that's powerful in how much time you save, how much frustration and negative emotion you don't spend on the thing. It's just powerful getting somebody else's help to see something uh, and and to see you. I think one other thing that I heard you say, Robbie, uh, of maybe not so much why go to therapy, but when is when you feel stuck. That's, I think that's a great, helpful, really practical uh, thing that we kind of talked about today. It was if you feel stuck in life and, and sometimes our interaction with stuckness is just to keep on trudging through or to quit altogether, you know, but we all know the feeling of when we keep doing something that just isn't working. When you, when you experience that in life, find your way to some sort of relationship where you can talk and specifically therapy, Uh, take Mm -hmm. a step, talk to someone, uh, have a few sessions and, and talk about why you're stuck. And maybe you'll, uh, we, you know, we believe there's such great value in in looking underneath the surface and learning more about yourself that can really help you to be a healthier and more whole person for sure. That's right. And, and I found what, what my brain was stuck on earlier. It's, it's that, you know, we, we have this belief that our problems are simple and that we can do them ourselves. And that is just so not true. Um, the problems you face in life, the problems I face, the problems humans face are really complicated. And so the, the, the reason to go to therapy is you need help with the complicated problems in your life. And it's really useful to have somebody that will pay very close attention. Um, it's really important to have friends, but when you face tough problems, friends have a certain role in life. They're there to be practically supportive, to, to sit with you, to share from their own personal experience. But sometimes um, what that's, I mean, sometimes in a lot of times you need more than that. Um, and their, their relationship with you is a friendship. A therapist relationship to you is not a friendship. Their role is to pay very close attention to what you're missing. And so instead of, you mm-hmm. know, it, you'll get encouragement, but instead of like encouragement, you can make it, it's going to be okay. I'm here for you. You'll get something very, very different, which is here's something I'm seeing that maybe I, I wonder if you're seeing this. Um, and, and that's something that's hard to get from other people unless they're paying very close attention. And so if I were to put that simply good, you know, it's good to go to therapy because your problems are complicated and it, it really helps to have somebody help you figure it out. And that's not weakness. That's wisdom. Yeah. 
That's really good. I love that little tidbit, you know, that fr- and friendships are important and people we trust are important, but their motivations are different than a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's okay. And that's the way it's right. meant to be. Um, but recognizing the difference can be really helpful. And, and again, I kind of talked about that before. When I meet with people, I definitely know a threshold where the, because when I talk to people, I, much in the same way as a therapist, I am trying to, my motivation is how can I help them, you know, move in their lives to places where maybe they can't recognize how to get there or why they're where they are, you know, and that that's a helpful part of my relationship with people as I counsel them. But I definitely know threshold when it's beyond me too, you know, when, when someone needs professional therapy, when, when they're, I start to recognize there's potentially other medical situations going on, imbalances and, uh, or severe situations and circumstances oftentimes are a, a red flag for me when I'm talking with someone where the, the problem is just too big and has gone on too long for me to continue to just meet with them and talk about how they're feeling. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I, I find uh, to be true, yeah. but I loved how you said that. Yeah. A therapist has very specific intention um, and motivation when they're talking with you. I think it's been, uh, that's super helpful, man. It's been good. Beautiful. What a great question. When to go to therapy. Everybody needs therapy. That's what we've said. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> There's right. no stigma. You're not weird. If you got to go to benefit from it, you're not Everybody crazy. If you go. It. Yeah. That's so, right. Uh, we want right. to encourage you wherever you are in your life, um, to, to find your way to talk uh, to someone in some capacity. It's a super helpful thing. Absolutely. And and if you're, of course, if you're in our regional areas, uh, I'm in the Denver area or, or Pastor John is in the, the Dayton, Ohio area. I mean, we, you know, we, we'd be happy to help direct you if you need, you know, referral suggestions. Um, but if we're not in your area, um, you know, I suggest talking with family members, talking with people, asking, you know, has anybody tried to you know, find therapy and what did you, what did you experience when you looked for it? Um, so word of mouth is a good way to kind of know who knows what they're doing. And then, you know, reaching out to professional people that you trust. It could be your, your primary care doctor. It could be your pastor. Um, it could be your dentist, you know, Hey, do you know of anybody who, who's, who's a good therapist? Um, because, like we said earlier, it can take a lot of energy to, to filter through. So yep. re- reach out to us for, for that or just to just to give us another topic to, to cover. So it's we, been great. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. yeah Thanks is, so much, Rob. Yeah. Love the questions and look forward to next uh, our next episode. What's our That's next right. question coming up? We want to give you a little tease. Uh, so you can yeah. Yeah. Question three is, uh, you know, wh- what do we do to get out of like a mutual, like a tribal type of dynamic with, with other people when we feel like we're, we're, we're getting into camps of us versus them. What, what do you do? How do you get out of it relationally? So, um, mm. I, I don't have the specific question on me. I'll bring it when we come next time, but, uh, that that's the general focus of the question. What, what do you do to get out of the, the red versus blue type of dynamic with, with people? Man, particularly relevant in our world today. So um, yes. look forward to talking about that with all of you on the next episode of Staring into the Sun. Uh, but until then, have a wonderful week, and we can't wait to see you next time. I'm John. I'm Rob, and we wish you well. Grace and peace. The way we find ourselves is by staring into the sun.